you you don't realize you don't realize how much God loves you there's no way you cannot realize how much God loves you he is for you he's not against you he's not ta- he's not trying to take things from you he's trying to get things to you We've lived in a society, at least as long as I've been alive, we've lived in a society, but, but this society has been going on for over 2,000 years. And that society drug with it the law. It came into this dispensation of time dragging the law with it. And uh, people of the Old Covenant Old Testament, um, they really saw God in a totally different light than God wants us to see Him today through the blood of Jesus. He really, really loves you. You, you, know, you know what the problem is with sin? God doesn't even blink if you do something ugly or you, you make a mistake or you you, you do, God, God doesn't even blink at that because He doesn't see you through that. But the problem with humanity is if, 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 you, if you act like it's okay for the mistakes, then our flesh thinks, well, if God's okay with it and He's not mad at me, well, I'll just keep doing it. And, that, and that's what happens with a lot of people is they live in condemnation because they're still under the law, thinking God is so mean and hard and ugly when He's really not. And on the other side of the coin, the conviction of God has to be there to challenge us to make the changes that we need to make. But, but the changes that God, in His Word, expects out of us is not Him mad at you for the mistakes you've made. That's not his nature. He's not mad at us. He's not trying to take things from us and make our life miserable and keep us from enjoying life and all those kind of things. He's trying to give life to you. And in light of that, this verse of Scripture, and we've, we've read it many times, but I want, I'll read it again. It's First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, and it says this. But if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. The church, this building right here, it is the church. Because it's a house that was built to house the church. I'm the church. You're the church. We're the church. We make up a very small piece of the worldwide church. But this is the church. It's the house of God, which is the church, the pillar and the ground of truth. The only thing that church life should be about is the revelation of the Word of God. If it's not the pillar and ground of truth that's being established, then you're just going through the motions. Church and the Word are synonymous. You cannot separate church and the Word. Jesus said, I will build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. Tonight, You're here to hear the Word, which is the pillar and the ground of truth, to establish you as an entity, a person, in the body of Jesus Christ, which is the church, which is the house of God. That's why you hear the Word. If you don't allow Word to enter into your thinking, your hearing, you're going to stay the same 
and, and in different forms and in different ways, we will keep legalistic thinking. All of us. Myself included. If I don't put myself in a place to hear the Word on a regular basis, I will, I will mentally allow myself to come back under the law in my thinking. God wants us liberated from that. He wants you to know how much He loves you beyond anything that you can even fathom or think. Because when you know how much God loves you, then you'll live your life to love and not to think about yourself. I must tell you today, the greatest revelation that you and I can get is that life is not about me. It's all about God. Amen? God's all about me. But life is all about Him. But He is all about me. He's all about you. He is all about us. Actually, you may not understand this at all. You may understand it a little bit. You may understand or have somewhat of a revelation. But you don't know how much that you are His favorite child. How can we all be His favorite? I don't know. But we are. But if you don't accept that, <laughs> I do. I, I'm His boy. I mean, I am His favorite Son, how about you? Amen? I'm telling you tonight, God unconditionally loves you, passionately wants the best for your life in everything that you do. Mm. Glory to God. Can you say amen? Anyway, we've been in our summer faith series, and... Uh, I tell you, I, I just, man, God's, God's doing something in me regarding faith. And I've, I've been at this for 40 years. And He's doing something in me about faith, and it's coming out of me when I'm preaching to you. And this revelation that I shared Sunday, I shared a, I've shared some pieces of this in different meetings, but this revelation about having faith to forgive and having faith to forgive yourself is something that you'll hear it at different times throughout the year and in the years to come because this thing is, is huge. It's, it's, it's bigger than I have had any clue when, when God first spoke to this to me several years ago. And, and some things that He spoke to me that I wasn't, where I was not forgiving myself, and it was hindering me from being able to receive from Him. And so we started on it and shared some things uh, on Sunday, and I want to share a couple of the verses that we looked at Sunday and then kind of go into a couple other things that, that I want to give you tonight. Um, <clears throat> but our foundation scripture is Mark 11 and verse 22. And Mark 11 for the most part, simply says, have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. Have faith, have the faith of God. God has given to each man the same exact measure of faith, and whether your faith is developed or it continues to develop is all dependent on you and what you do with the things that you hear. Faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing comes by the Word of God. So faith increases and develops in your life as a, res as a result of you hearing the Word of God and then doing with what you hear and allowing it to become a part of you. It's not just what you think you know. It's what you do with what you hear that will determine not just what you think you know, but what you really know. And that's what will come out of you in difficult times. So have faith in God, verse 23. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, 
Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now, I'm not going to focus at the moment right there on that, but we'll come back to that. Um, But just remember this, and, and, and we'll tie this into some other things that we say. Fear controls unforgiveness. And I said Sunday that a lot of times people are afraid to forgive because they've forgiven in the past, but then they take it back. Well, I tried to forgive, and I took it back. Well, you don't, you don't try to forgive, you forgive. But we're going to look at a verse of Scripture. Actually, turn over there. It's Matthew chapter 18. And this question about forgiveness was asked Jesus. And there, there was a little bit of revelation that this person had uh, of forgiveness under the law. And this is what they said to him. And so Jesus comes back with this answer. Verse 21 of Matthew 18. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Well, that sounds pretty righteous, right? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. And he wasn't just talking about the total of this. He was talking about Forgiveness is not something you try, it's something you do every day. You do it, and you do it, and you do it, and you do it, and you do it, until you get it. I said you do it, you don't try it, you do it. You do it over and over and over again until it becomes revelation, until it becomes real to you. Now, I want, I just want to, I'm going to read the rest of this story and I want you to look at a couple things because he's talking about here the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God looks like in regards to forgiving. And there's one key element out of this that, and, and so, I mean, there's all kinds of things we could look at in this passage, but I just want to read the whole passage here in these few verses and then point out the one thing that I believe is the key to forgiveness. He said this, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. It didn't say he was going to wait for him to pay him back. It said he forgave him. And he owed him a bunch. Here's this guy that is in debt. Now you can call it, you can look at the debt as being a financial debt or you can look at it as being indebted to someone else or you can look at it in a lot of different ways. But here's a guy in debt and he runs to the master and not from him. He's got issues in his life here and he's running to the father and not away from him. And when he runs to the father... What happens? Listen to me. When you and I run to the Father, what happens is we see that we're already forgiven the debt. So you go back to what I was talking about when we started. All, I mean, all of your ancestors were part of, in one form or another, because, listen, The early church, you know, you can say what you want to about the early church, but the early church didn't have revelation. And by about the the year 70 A.D., the revelation of who Jesus was was beginning to be lost. And all of of our 
relatives, <laughs> all of our lineage, carried with them a bunch of baggage into this new covenant and what Jesus accomplished. And the thinking that God is holding something against us that keeps us from God is why we have to keep ourselves distanced from other people because of the fear of things that we have inside of us. But you notice here, this guy ran to the Father, and the Father revealed to him, your debt is paid. But you know what? As we read on here, notice something. But the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. This guy didn't hear what the father said, what the master said. Your debt is paid. You know what he heard? I'll give you two weeks. (laughs) Or, Or something. Because the master said, your debt is paid. Our Father has great compassion on us in the lack of revelation we have that we're growing into. And I tell you what, when you come into the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and you begin to see who you are, you realize, hey, there's nothing against me. It doesn't matter how many mistakes I've made. And you know what it does? A lot of people think if you have that attitude that it's going to cause you to do more wrong. I say absolutely not. When you realize how good God is and how much He's empowered you, what it's going to do is cause you to want to do right. See, that when you find out how much God loved you and how deep of a price that He paid for you, listen, think of, if, if, if you have children, think of your son or your daughter, any of your sons or daughters, And think of offering them as a sacrifice for people that have done you wrong. I mean, maybe for somebody that's done you right. I mean, maybe not. Huh? Maybe I'll give a lung. Huh? But the Father gave his only son for all of humanity that all forsook him they all did him wrong and he gave it so that you and I would be that the depth of that love is what will cause you and I to be able to overcome and receive everything that God has done and has for us we are healed in Christ can you say amen to that We are the healed. We are blessed and prosperous in every way, not just monetarily, but in every single way because of what Jesus did. Because God so loved you and I that He gave the best that He had that you and I would be redeemed and liberated and free. And listen, He only lost a son for three days. Because on the third day, He's alive. And he's still alive. (laughs) Father and son are both on the throne. Son's on the right hand, right side. And they have fellowship and connection all the time. So it's a win-win. Everybody won except the devil. And the devil works overtime to convince you that God's not that real. He really doesn't love you. He holds things against you all the time. And all the mistakes you've ever made in your life, he's got this list. He's got a list, but there's nothing on it. And there never will be anything on it because you're forgiven before you screw up. Thank you, Lord. So why would we want to mess up? I don't want to mess up. I don't want to do what's wrong. 
I, I see today how much that he loves me, that I'm his, I'm his valuable son, I'm his most important, I'm, I, I'm, I'm his favorite. And I see myself that way today. And I didn't always see myself that way. But I'm his favorite. And I'm telling you today, if you'll accept it, so are you. But this guy didn't hear what he said. And he goes out and he throws guys under him that owe him stuff. He throws them in, in bondage and in prison. Puts his heaviness and this heavy thing on him. Why? Because he doesn't know and have the revelation that he's free. When you know how much that God has forgiven you, then you'll forgive much. That's the only way to forgive others and to forgive yourself. The Bible says love your neighbor the way you love yourself. And you'll never love yourself if you don't forgive yourself for mistakes and things that you've done. Now watch this. Ephesians 4 and verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So the way you forgive one another is to know how God has forgiven you. And when you're forgiven, then you're not threatened. Nobody can do anything to you when you're forgiven. Because if you're forgiven and you're the Father's favorite, then you don't take a back seat to anybody. Now, what I want to show you, I'm going to read about four quick passages of Scripture. Because I want to show you how you get to this place by faith. Look at Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14. How do you get to this place of forgiveness by faith? <clears throat> Proverbs 18 and 14. There was a there was a TV show. I don't I don't know if I don't know if they recorded that TV show when I was just a kid or if it was replays or what it was, but it was a Doris Day show. How many remember the Doris Day Show. Me? Oh, four of us, five of us, six of us. <clears throat> but, the, but, the, but the coming on of the show, of the Doris Day Show, was this song. Que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Que sera, sera. What will be, will be. That's a stinking lie. <clears throat> and yet, and yet, people sang that song and they think that today. So what do you think? I have Kesarasra. Kesarasra. So uh, this, purple, this person did something to you and, and whatever, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to avoid him. I'm just going to stay away from him. This person offended me and I'm offended with them. I'm holding this unforgiveness, but I'm just going to stay away. Problem with that is there's a devil. See, when you open the door to that and you stay there, there's a devil and he'll make sure that that person's twin will find you out. And then when the same thing happens with the twin, then the triplet shows up. And then quad shows up. Instead of facing it. No reason to walk in unforgiveness. It's not K Sarasra. We can know exactly what the future holds because we have the Holy Ghost. See, the amount of the future that you'll know in your life is what the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. And that's all you need to know. But Proverbs 18 14 says this. <clears throat> 
and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. Well, the, the New King James says, The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. But the Amplified says this, The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. The spirit of a man. In other words, the condition of the spirit of a man will sustain him when there's trouble, when there's issues or things that come against him, based on, on the spirit of the person. 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke, we also believe, therefore we speak. Since we have the same spirit of faith that Abraham had, we have the same spirit of faith that Jesus had, we have the same spirit, same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that's on the inside of you and I. There's only one spirit. Same spirit that the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter and the Apostle John and all the early apostles and everybody that did anything, penned anything in this book that we have called the Bible. Same spirit of faith that they had is the same spirit of faith that you and I have. The condition of the spirit of a man will determine the outcome in times of trouble. And the spirit of the man has to be developing daily in faith in God and not in fear. See, because what fear does, fear causes you to tolerate unforgiveness. It causes you to allow unforgiveness to fester and remain on the inside of you. And see... God is not looking down on you with anger and, you know, vengeance and He's going to come against you because of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a part of life based on what Adam and Eve did in the garden to cause the fall of mankind. Unforgiveness was not in the Garden of Eden. But unforgiveness became part of mankind and all of our ancestors drug it into this dispensation of time, and yet the blood of Jesus has empowered us to be able to overcome unforgiveness so we can't tolerate it, but you'll never not tolerate unforgiveness without your spirit, man, being built up and in faith in God. You'll never do it. You'll never win the battle. You're not big enough, strong enough, and I promise you, the devil will override you every single time when you're not connected to faith in God by your spirit. The spirit, the condition of my spirit today, tomorrow, next week, next month, every single day, no matter what comes, the condition of my spirit will determine the outcome of my times in trouble. First Timothy 6 and verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You got born again, and now he said, fight each other. No? No, he didn't say that. Uh, fight the devil. Didn't say that. Mm-mm. Why would you want to fight somebody that's already been beat? <laughs> Why? But it looks like we're fighting the devil when we're fighting unforgiveness. It looks like we're fighting the devil. But he said, fight the good fight of faith. 
and he said, lay hold. To lay hold on something is to grab something. I got it. I got it. And I'm not letting go. Amen? I've got it. And I'm not going to let go. I got it. I got it. Right? I'm not letting go. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. Thank you. Right? Lay hold and don't let go of this life that we made a confession. I confessed in 1977, I made a confession to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. I made that confession. Now, to live free... And what what our message is about is, is, is having the power and the faith to forgive. So what we're talking about is unforgiveness. So laying hold of eternal life and what I confessed to be a part of, that is part of it. It's part of it to live your life free from the things that want to pull you down and take you down, but I'm going to lay hold of and not let go of the eternal life. And what, is in, what, what part of that package is, is the power to forgive myself, to forgive others, because I am so forgiven by God. Just close your eyes for a minute. If there's anything that the devil's been beating you up with, And remember, it's the devil. God's not beating you up with anything. God is not constantly reminding you over and over again, you made this mistake, you did this wrong, you shouldn't have done this, you shouldn't have acted like that, you shouldn't have said that. He's not over and over. He'll convict you because his conviction is to keep you away from those kind of things, but he won't condemn you. Just think of, with your eyes closed for a moment, think of something. that maybe you've been meditating on. It's trying to get the best of you. Just listen to my words. This is God saying it. I forgive you. Get over it. Move on. I forgive you. I forgive you. Move on. Look at me. Every time that people came to him and they had issues and he forgave them, you know what his words were? Now go and don't do it again. What did Peter ask him? Yeah, but what if my brother does this over and over and over again? Can I, on the eighth time, can I hammer him? (laughs) No. Not just seven times, 70 times seven. Or he could have said 80 times eight. Hmm? Or he could have said 450,000 times 450,000. You get the picture, right? It's never ending because it's a nonstop practice of really believing God forgives me. You don't have to listen to all that This isn't a real bad word, okay? But you get the picture when I say it. You don't have to listen to all that crapola from the enemy because he will give you a boatload of stuff trying to convince you you don't have a right to receive from God. That's what this is about. Having the same spirit of faith that Abraham had and having my spirit man developed in faith and continuing to develop in faith is the key to overcome unforgiveness. And listen, I'm convinced that what's in the package attached to unforgiveness, healing, health of all kinds, deliverance, prosperity, all of it. I believe there's more people in the grave today prematurely because of unforgiveness than any other disease any other disease. Actually, I've read it three different times, but I believe that's true because unforgiveness creates cancer. 
It creates heart disease. It creates all kinds of things. And it, and it starts with not being able to forgive yourself of your mistakes. I'm telling you tonight, God is saying to you, you're forgiven. Go and don't do it again. But what if I do? Repent. Ask him to forgive you. Don't do it again. But what if I do? Repent. Ask him to forgive. Don't do it again. Right? If you stay focused that way, I promise you, you'll overcome. And you won't have to clean it up again. Because that's the way it works. But if we don't stay adamant and have this fighting spirit, that he fight the good fight of faith. Everybody say it's a good fight. Now listen to me. What does a good fight look like? where you win huh it's a good fight listen if you just don't quit and you keep after it you'll always win that's the thing about faith you will always win man you'll never lose you can't lose it doesn't matter what it looks like it doesn't matter what it looks like today it doesn't matter how young you are it doesn't matter how old you are that God's not about any of that kind of stuff all he's focused on is faith What's being developed? Everybody was given the same amount. What are you doing with it? Well, that person's got great faith. Well, if they do, it's because they developed it. They, didn't, they, weren't, they weren't given a head start with more faith. It's just what we do with the faith. Can you say amen? So, where we read a minute ago in Mark 11, verse 24 says, I want to quote it right. Verse 24 of Mark 11 says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. When 1 Timothy 6.12 said, Lay hold, to believe you receive is to lay hold. In other words, by faith, I'm laying hold of the fact that I'm forgiven even when I don't feel like it so that I receive the natural manifestation. But first, I've got to receive it by faith on the inside of me to see the natural results catch up. The natural will always catch up with the Spirit, always. But you've got to get it in the Spirit first. So what's got to be established in you is this fighting spirit for a life of faith. A fighting spirit for a life of faith. Again, a fighting spirit. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold. Believe you receive it. I am forgiven. I do forgive you. Three key people in my life. Man, I had unforgiveness deep and strong. Deep and wide. It was deep and wide. Huh? I mean, it was wide and deep. It was ugly and nasty. And it was strong. But I stayed with it. Have you really forgiven them? I think. I'm trying. And, and, and I had to get to a place where the revelation came to me. No, you forgive them every day. And when I forgive them, when I begin to forgive that person every single day, I'd wake up, Lord, I thank you. I forgive them. What I realized in all three cases, they really hadn't done what I thought they did to me. That's how the devil worked. He'll beat you, beat you, beat you up, tell you all this kind of stuff, and I mean, get you angry, mad, I mean, venomous. And that, that's why, have you ever seen people on death row interviewed? And they're some of the calmest people. What happened? I just snapped. I just went on. Why? Because they were listening to thoughts. You don't just one day wake up and say, I'm going to go shoot somebody. No, it's all premeditated. And the premeditation, the, 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 the one guy that's in the midst of every premeditated bad thing that's done is the devil. And he's lying, 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 lying. Right? I'm telling you, 
We don't have to put up with the lies. We don't have to put up with unforgiveness in our hearts. We can be a forgiven people that just, I mean, we're forgiveness looking for some place to happen. Hmm? Oh, come on, offend me. Come on, come on, offend me. I, I want you to offend me. Just get mad at me, throw something at me. Do, you know what I mean? Steal something from me so I can forgive you. Uh, you know, I'm just joking, but I'm just saying. But, but you, you get to that place where it's like, you can't hurt me. You can't hurt me. I'm, I'm forgiven. I'm loved by God. I'm his favorite boy. I, what, what? Gosh. How can, you, how can you lose when you're favorite? You can't. But you have to fight for it. Don't think for a second you don't have to fight for this. But the fight is not against other people. It's not against your spouse. It's not against, it's not against family members. It's not against friends. It's not against people at work. It's not against, you know, core. I mean, it's not against anybody in the natural. The fight is the fight of faith, and it's not fighting the devil. You'll lose trying to fight the devil because we weren't created to fight him. We were created to ignore him and watch God, and look at God, and do what God says, and the other stuff will leave. It just will. When you know how from God to do what's right, the other stuff will go. It'll leave. Amen? First Peter 5. Two more passages, and I'm done. Kesara. No. Nope. Not. No, no, no. So this is th- these two verses here are you and I. This is, this is the plan of having faith to forgive. Verse 8 and 9 of 1 Peter 5. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, he walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, Steadfast in the what? Faith. Resist him in faith. Don't resist him in yourself. And, well, I just hate the devil. That's good, okay? You can hate sin. The Bible says hate sin. You know, hate the devil, but not within yourself. You hate it by developing faith. And I tell you, the stronger you get the more afraid he gets. Remember, he's paralyzed. All he's, he's, he, he's a guy paralyzed from the neck down. He can do absolutely nothing except talk and talk a big bunch of mumbo-jumbo. And he, he has no power, no strength whatsoever. All he has is to convince us that God can't do what God said he could do. That's it. That's all he's, that is it. Listen, in my life today, I have this saying I say every day. Keep it simple. Everything's simple. And what I, what I just said to you, it's really super, super simple. Don't make it any bigger than what I just told you. The devil can do nothing to you when you fight the fight of faith. When you develop faith and trust and confidence in God, the devil can do absolutely nothing to you. But it has to be worked out. And what it, what it liberates you of and from is having the spirit of unforgiveness. And it's a spirit. It's a demonic, ugly, nasty thing that sends people to the grave prematurely because they never know how to get. I, 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 was, I was in Gibson's. Um, my mother-in-law, she's back tonight. Hi, Mimi. <coughs> she gave me a Gibson's gift card a while back. And I went in there and uh, I went in there to buy a hose. I needed a hose. I thought I'm going to go to Gibson's and see what I've got. I've got this gift card and I'll use part of it. So I go in there and the lady goes, oh my gosh. I said, what's the problem? She said, oh, those gift cards are obsolete. Now I've got to change the thing out. And I said, well, you want me to come back? No, 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 no. So she goes over here and she's changing. She has to she has to void this. You know what Gibson's is like. It's like, you know, in the 70s. And, uh, 
and, and so she got she to board this gift card and get, I mean, she kept tearing receipts off and all this going on. I go, my gosh, you know, what she's got to do to get rid of this card. And then she, she goes, then she has to go to this other place. You know, I'm thinking, all these people are bringing in these obsolete gift cards, you know? And so she goes over here and then she swipes this one and has to type it in and wait for a receipt and then another receipt and a third receipt. And I'm going, whoa, my gosh. And so well, I'm standing at this counter, and this, this older guy walks up, and he's got a can of Crisco about this big and several other things in his hands. And she's, she's working on this ticket, and she goes, I'm helping him. <laughs> and that guy looked at her, and he looked at me, and he took it, and he threw it on this other counter, and he walks out. And this lady walks up because she was going to help him. She goes, I think he maybe forgot his wallet or something. I don't think he forgot his wallet. <laughs> she walked to the door and he's driving off. I mean, I mean, the guy was offended. And you know what? Actually, the lady was really sweet. She was just, I mean, you know, she, she's just she's a little older in age and she's just tired of doing those dumb cards, you know. <laughs> And, and she was really frustrated with it. And, and so, but she's not thinking about he's going to be offended. Man. I mean, she just said it just like that. I'm helping him. Gone. No, let me ask you a question. Can you imagine living with someone like that? that would be offended by that? <laughs> right? God wants us focused on who? Who? One person. Who? Jesus. He's the mark. Is he not? Is he the mark? He said right here, resist the devil firm in your faith in Christ Jesus. So my last verse is Luke 23 and verse 24. Or maybe it's 24 and something. 23 and verse 34, I think it is. 23 and 34. This is my last verse. This is Jesus on the cross after he finished his course. He kept the faith. He did what Father wanted. Not his will, but the Father's be done. He finished the fight. Oh, man. Look what he said. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The ultimate act of forgiveness in your life is being able to look at somebody that's done you wrong and you think they know exactly what they did. But Jesus said to us right here that people that do things that aren't right, they do them because they have no revelation. My responsibility is to forgive them because they don't really know what they're doing. Now, all I'm asking you tonight is, what do you want in life? Healing, prosperity, deliverance, everything that is good in life, do you want those things? They're all tied. It's like, it's like here's forgiveness, and there's this bag of all these things tied to forgiveness. And when you forgive, the bag opens. Things come your way. Favor and blessing and all kinds of different things come your way and manifest in your life because we forgive. Father, forgive them because they don't really know what they're doing. What do you, what do you mean they don't know what they're doing? They just drug me through this town. They spit on me. They tore my clothes off. You know, the movies we watch, he's got some clothes on. He's naked. He's got nothing on. Zero. 
He's beat to a pulp to where people can't even recognize him. Josephus, who is a, who is a historian, talks about that there were people that followed and didn't know it was actually him. See, he was, I mean, he was a carpenter in Nazareth. I mean, in that, in that lo- location, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't a big distance from, from Nazareth to Jerusalem and, and some of the places that he was in. And, and so people knew him very well because he was a heck of a carpenter. But then he became who he was in the three years of ministry. And people didn't even know that it was him because he was so mutilated so bad forgive them they don't know what they did these people know exactly what they did but not really listen all those people in that day and hour that did all the things against him forgiveness started right there he breathed his last he went to hell he rose again on the third day He was on planet earth for 40 days. He ascended to the right hand of the Father and he sat down and he said, it's finished. But forgiveness started right there. And you know what? When the Bible says, press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, when you press toward the mark, that's the mark. That's where our whole deliverance started. It started in the Garden of Eden when he said, not my will, but his be done. Lord, not my will, but yours be done. When his will that wasn't lined up with the Father's lined up with the Father's is where it began. But our forgiveness started right there. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. So what I'm, how that translates out to you and me, I'm just telling you this. There's all kinds of ugly things that have been done to humanity. All kinds of things. There are things that seem to be there's no way to forgive because people want others to pay for what they've done. But what Jesus said is, everybody deserved it, but nobody got it. And what we have to learn to do is to forgive people in spite of what they've done. The ultimate act of forgiveness that produces the ultimate release of God's blessing and empowerment into our lives. Amen? Father, we 